This is Inspired Impact. I'm your host, James Campbell. Today, I'm happy to have with us Mr. Equate Watkins, an engineer by training who decided to become an educator. We're going to go right into his story, starting now. Hello, my name is Equate Watkins. I teach uh, physics and engineering at the Westminster Schools and I've been in education about eight years. Great, well thank you Akwete for being here with us on Inspired Impact. And I'm just gonna start you off with a question that I ask everyone. Share with me your path to education. How'd you become an educator? Okay, okay. mine's a little bit different than some people. Uh, I worked um, in aerospace engineering for 15 years, mostly for Boeing, designing aircraft. But always something in the back of my mind, I would love to be a teacher, maybe a physics teacher, engineering, something like that. And uh, fortunately, I was able to go back to school, get my master's in education while I was working, thinking, ah, one day maybe I'll do this, this teaching thing. And uh, our family had the opportunity to move back to Atlanta because my wife got offered a job at Georgia Tech. Okay. I thought this would be a great opportunity. Like, hey, let me, let me go ahead and try this teaching thing and um, toured a couple schools. I had a chance to teach physics and engineering and uh, robotics, and I've enjoyed it. Okay. So... What about education? What about being a teacher made you decide, I want to go back and take these courses and I want to give up, okay. maybe not give up engineering, but switch careers? Switch careers a little yeah. bit, yeah. So I did have the opportunity to do some uh, engineering uh, classes when I was at Boeing, teach some engine design classes. And I just really enjoyed it, to be honest. So part of it is a selfish thing. I enjoy getting up in front of people, talk about something that you're passionate about, trying to get them excited about it, too. Okay. Uh, the other thing is when I was either in um, high school and also college, the teachers I connected most with were the ones who had that practical experience to tell stories about how you can apply it to the real world. They weren't teaching out of a textbook. Okay. So I hope when I went back, I could be that teacher who could relate things to the real world and get them excited. So kind of the reason for me is a chance to share something I'm passionate about with aircraft, engineering, design. And then also maybe get the student who thinks maybe that's not their thing, get them to see the creative side of being in technology. Because okay. I had a thought when I was a student that I wasn't a creative person. I couldn't write, couldn't sing, right. couldn't dance, couldn't draw pictures. But as I think I matured, I got to see that in the technical side, creativity is a very important skill. So if you get students to unlock that part of their brain, they can create amazing things and solve problems in the, in, the, in the world. Okay, and so correct me if I'm wrong, but you were an engineer in practice for 15 years? Correct, yeah. And you've been practicing, you've been an educator for eight years. Correct, yeah, yeah. So let's go back in time, that first year in the classroom. Yes. Can you remember what was it like? Do you have a particular story that stands out that you'd like to share? Hmm, uh, the first year, so I did my student teaching in Seattle okay. at a high need uh, high school. And I remember feeling completely overwhelmed. I had 35 students in the classroom. I was teaching regular honors classes all in the same class. And it was a definite struggle, trying to work with the classroom management part and teach the content. But fortunately, I think that those three or four months prepared me for my first year teaching, where once I started here uh, teaching, I felt I kind of had some good classroom management skills. I kind of knew my style. And um, the challenge for me, I think, was preparing lessons that were engaging for the students, especially for the students who thought, I don't like physics. They mm -hmm. came in with that attitude. So right. try to get them hooked early. And so the way I did it in my classroom was using a series of projects to allow the students to revise their work over time to end up with something that they felt proud of. So you're creating these lessons. 
do you have one that you felt like this is going to be a great lesson and it bombed? And then I'm going to flip. Do you have that opportunity where you've had a great lesson and it actually worked out the way you wanted it to? Or maybe you learned mm-hmm. something in the process. Yes. Yeah, so um, one thing that comes to mind, a lesson I thought that would be great that bombed was that the, the kids would love to design this rubber band powered car. Maybe we have a little class competition with type of velocity and acceleration. I was very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, a couple of the kids were too, but I had some other students who really the the mechanical challenge was a larger jump than I thought it would be for a lot of students. Mm-hmm. And I actually had two students cry that year over this project, the, the stress of it. They came after school, Mr. Watkins, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of gave me pause thinking about future lessons. How did I craft it in a way that's accessible for every student? Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about lessons that went well, one thing that works for me, and I think a lot of students, is getting outside the classroom. Okay. So my you know, interest in aviation, going outside and launching rockets, every student have learned has loved being outside, love you know, rockets and building something outside. And so they would, mm-hmm. Mr. Watkins, class is over. Oh, man, I got to go. And that feeling where the student didn't want to leave the classroom. Oh, yes. So being outside and having something that moves and something that they build seems to be a type of lesson that's worked for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have the benefit of being in the business world as being an engineer and then being in the education world. What are some of the things you would recommend to students who are considering like a engineering career or a career mm-hmm. in the math and sciences? What are some of the things that might not be written mm-hmm. down that written you feel down, like yeah. they need to be mindful of and need to consider as they're mm-hmm. making those choices? Uh, let's see, I have several students I think focus too much on their grade. Okay. Grades are important, it gets you in the door to college and other opportunities, internships. I would say maybe focus on, instead of solving the problems in the back of the textbook, and the answer is 5.2, a lot of students can solve an equation, get a number, but I think to make your, to solve the problems that need to be solved in the world, to grow as a person, and to make yourself look good to colleges or jobs that you might be interested in, trying to solve the problem that currently has no solution. Mm. And you may fail at getting a solution, but you're gonna advance the technology, you're gonna advance the knowledge, in that area. So if you're into computers, writing that algorithm that maybe makes it easier to do voice recognition mm-hmm. or collaborating with students who have a similar interest at other schools to work together to solve a problem. So those would be the two things. Solving that problem that hasn't been solved before mm-hmm. and collaborating with other students with similar interests to move that part of technology forward. Right. So how do you teach the mindset of solving the problem that hasn't been solved before or identifying the gap? Because oftentimes as educators, mm-hmm. we find students that tell me what you want I'll and I'll it do it. Yeah, so how do you teach do you that do idea? is abstract, you have to figure it out, you yes. know, find the gap. Find the gap. So I think uh, the two things that come to mind is the first is trying to build the assessments that I have in class, reward students who try to solve that problem that maybe hasn't been solved before. So if you give a traditional assessment that only evaluates how well they remember, memorize what you told them, I think you're not encouraging that mindset of growth. So one thing I did in a recent project is if they do only what's asked for the assignment, they only get a 90%. Mm-hmm. But if they want to go from the 90 to the 100, they have to modify or improve either what was asked or do an experiment related. And then instead of me evaluating how creative the project was, the class gets the vote. So the class votes in that last little bit. Uh-huh. So I try to make my assessment encourage a little bit of creativity, not so much how much can I memorize what Mr. Watkins told me, but how can I build on what I know, mm-hmm. 
push it further and make it relatable to my peers. Okay. So that's kind of one thing I try to encourage. And also give examples from my life through the robotics and engineering program, how often I fail. Like the first time I do something, it never works. Okay. It's not that fourth, fifth, sixth time you do something, you start to get something maybe you're proud of that you want to share. And so sharing my personal stories of stuff that just literally blows up in my face. Okay. They love those stories anyway. And like, hey, let's start from there. How can we build upon it? Okay. Excellent. I love that. So, um, You've been in eight years, so I imagine you've had some students who've gone on to college, probably even graduated. Mm-hmm. Do you have any students that have, you know, gone on to bigger things and kind of come back to you and share their stories? And if so, what what are the success stories that you've had, or what are the student success uh, stories? They have uh, they have come back and shared things. Um, in general, I think the students who I've worked with seem to feel prepared for for college. It got to be that freshman year wasn't as difficult as they thought, right. because um, the classes here are fairly rigorous. Teachers let, do allow them to fail, and how can I build upon my failures? So I think that mindset, not just for me, but from the, the culture here we have, has helped that those students that, that freshman year. Right. Um, the other students, I think, who have shared stuff, who have come back to volunteer with the robotics program, is maybe the student who didn't see themselves as that technology kid, but there's something about it, the entrepreneurship side really appealed to them or the volunteer side really appealed to them, and then using technology to help with that. And so two of our students have come back, and they've started their own business working through an incubator with Georgia Tech. So they built on that, that AP computer science knowledge, but they had that idea, and they were able to put those, the business along with the technology together. And that's a powerful, powerful story. Okay. Now, you share with me that you and your wife, you have engineering backgrounds. Correct, yeah. Uh, is that something you try to press upon your children to, you know, go into engineering or the sciences or math? Because, you know, I could see, you yes, know, that, being that a father, yeah. being an engineer, you want to push them yes, to do yeah, great yeah. things. I'm, I'm very fired up for physics. Um, my, <laughs> but I think it's hard if you're a child and both your parents are engineers to necessarily pick that path. Because, right. And so my oldest, she tends towards, I think, more, I see her, the business, law, kind of that side of her brain, history. And uh, my youngest a little more hands-on, let me fix this problem, the one who kind of helped me tinker on something. But I think the one skill that transcends whether you're in business or art or medicine or engineering is being creative about the, or being curious about the world around you, mm-hmm. making an observation, gathering data, doing an analysis, and then presenting your ideas to other people. Mm-hmm. So that no matter what, what your interest, those skills are important. Making an observation, gathering data, and communicating your conclusions. So I try to encourage my girls and all my students to, to mm-hmm. think about that that level of skill that transcends everything. Okay, excellent. So I want to be mindful of time, so I do have two more questions that I would yeah, like yeah, to yeah. ask you. And the first of the last, the last two, when you look back on your life, when you decide to retire mm-hmm. or move on from education, what would you hope would be your impact as an educator? Mm. So I think my the first thing that came to mind is I think I get most excited when I get you know the, the end of the day where I feel like I made an impact. This was a good day. I'm glad I'm, I'm in education. Is when I hook those students who think that technology isn't for me. That's for quote unquote those smart people over there, or for that guy in that basement over there, or that person. But to make it accessible. So for the student who when we do our um, physics of photography project. 
we build our own cameras in class. They learn how to develop pictures, learn how to analyze lenses. Like, what do you mean? Physics means I got to use physics to design cameras and post-process images, and maybe I can use that to share with people around the world. So when I hook those types of students and hopefully encourage them to incorporate technology into whatever they pursue, that's what makes me most excited. So I hope at the end of my career, it's not about the maybe 10% of the kids who are going to excel in technology anyway, but maybe those other 10 or 20% who think, no way, no how, maybe you can bring them over to maybe. Okay, great. Well, my last question, which I ask everyone that I interview or sit down and chat with, if you had one word to describe yourself, what would that word be and why? Hmm. Wow. I'm going to say satisfied. That's the first word that, that comes to mind. So satisfied doesn't mean necessarily, I think, ecstatic or on cloud nine or 110% all the time, but I think for me, I've always tried to be um, deliberate about what I think is important. And so I think fortunately, uh, the opportunities I've been given, the choice I've made, I've been able to be satisfied with my work, whether it be in the engineering field, designing jet engines, making mechanical parts work, or to be satisfied at the end of the day of engaging those students to maybe you know give technology a try. So trying to be deliberate about what I do and then reflect upon that. And then if I don't feel satisfied, it's my choice to improve the situation to make sure what I do is rewarding mm-hmm. and impactful for the people. Excellent. Well, Akwete, thank you so much for spending mm-hmm. some time with us on Inspired Impact, and I hope you continue to find that satisfaction in your day-to-day work. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day.